inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. Outlook. Radio Western. Good morning. Happy Monday, everyone. You're listening to Outlook on Radio Western. Wow, Carrie, you're very upbeat today. You know, just trying to hit the ground running, as they say. <laughs> yes. So, yes, it's October winding down here. It's our second last show of the month. Yeah. And we're happy to be back again live in the studio for our second time back since March of 2020. We were here a couple of weeks ago. Though last week, Carrie, we had a pre-record because it was an interview, and it was a it was a great time. I think last week's episode was so much fun. Yeah, we like to mix it up now. So sometimes here in the studio, just us. Sometimes interviews, which we haven't quite figured how to do them here, but we may. Yeah, we were maybe going to attempt with my iPhone at some point during the show to see if we can uh, if we can reach someone. Um, through a phone, but um, yeah, the more more so as a test. We'll see if we get to that later on on the show today. But um, yeah, so you lined up last week's guest, Carrie uh, Leona Godan, author of the book "Their Plant Eyes: A Personal and Cultural History of Blindness." And we've talked about the book "Their Plant Eyes" quite a bit on this show, just because it is such an amazing book. It came out in June this past June, and so yeah, it was a lot of fun doing that interview. She's just such a upbeat, fun, easy to talk to person and even though I've never actually met her, Carrie, it just kind of felt like three friends hanging out last week when we, when that episode aired and, and uh, when we recorded it a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's not so easy to get people in here with us so we have to meet them where we can but yeah, she's, uh, she's got a lot of knowledge about blindness, her own and just culturally. Yeah, so definitely go check that one out if you if you did miss it live on our podcast feed. You can search for us Outlook on Radio Western on pretty much all podcast services. If if you're if we're not on a service that you you want to find us on, just send us an email, Outlook on Radio Western at gmail.com and we'll rectify that. But uh yeah, currently we're on quite a few of the, the main ones and just search for Outlook on Radio Western to catch that super fun educational, informative, but also just a good time, a conversation from last week. Yeah, and we have a, another interview for next week. Uh, we'll we'll sort of give a bit of a clue um, probably at the end of this show. Yeah, we'll do a little bit of a tease. So we've, we're doing a mix now, right? The hybrid of, of some episodes from home, some from the studio. And so we actually did pre-record another episode a couple of days ago. That's one of the things we did on the weekend. Um, so we have couple of great guests for next week, which we might tease a little bit later on in the show, so you'll want to tune in next week for that. Yeah, in October, back to the days discussion, which we've had here before about, is there a point to having a day for this and a day for that and a week for this and a month for that? But, you know, it's it's a thing, so we're just going to go with it. Yeah, back in the day, it's when I grew up and went to it was in elementary school and stuff like that I don't remember anything about any of these days so mm-hmm. it's it's nice to, I mean we, we say that obviously all of these issues are important every day but it is nice to have a set day just to keep that reminder and keep that annual reminder out there 
of course we should be thinking about this stuff all the time but it's just uh kind of i think it's nice to have yeah actually the last day we the last time we were in studio our first time in in months and months uh it was on that day it happened to be national day of action for missing and murdered indigenous women so of course, we've been talking a bit more about Indigenous issues because a lot of what we talk about, uh, intersectionality, uh, intersecting identities of people, uh, I just think it's important that we talk about that when we talk about diversity and making sure everybody has a voice. And again, I'd like to thank Radio Western for giving us this platform to find one because I got some stuff to say today. If nobody else will listen elsewhere, I'll say here. <laughs> well, don't swear, but... No. Oh, no, no, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> can't, can't do that on the radio. Um, so, yeah, there are so many days. So, yeah, I didn't, um, <laughs> you know, we also had the, well, Carrie, why don't you, why don't you listen? So we got the National Disability Employment Awareness Month. Yeah, so that's, that's a the, month. That's the whole month that we're in here in October. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll be talking about that. And then we also have, what else, Carrie? <laughs> well, it's so funny to me because, uh, it was back on uh, Thursday, so that was the 14th of October. It was, I think it was what called World, World Sight Day. World Sight Day. Yes. And I did read up a little bit about World Sight Day. And so, yeah. What do you I, make of it? Well, I'm just going to quickly read this first so our listeners kind of know what the summary is here. And the, the interesting website that I found this on as well. So, about World Sight Day, I found this on the International Agency for the Prevention of Blindness. Whoa. And I've never uh. even heard of an international agency for the prevention of blindness. But World Sight Day is a coordinated or is coordinated by the International Agency for the Prevention of Blindness. Became an official event in the year of 2020 and has been marked in many different ways in countries around the world each year since then. In- Wait, I don't know if I screwed. Apologies. Sorry, 2000. Oh, okay. I, I, I thought it was recent. <laughs> apologies. I, reading reading on the air is something I got to get back used to doing, being away lo- from live for so long here. But um, so, yeah, World Sight Day. It's pretty self explanatory. True, yeah. It became an official event in 2000 and has been marked in many different ways in countries around the world each year. And yeah, so it's just. It's an international day of awareness held annually on the second Thursday of October to focus attention on the global issue of eye health. Which is important. It is. And we're not at all here to say that we don't agree with eye health and the importance of that because that is a super important thing. But the thing that we struggle with a bit as as blind uh, people is this, the way, a lot of the way things are worded in in, in a lot of these um, situations. And it says... Agency for the Prevention of Blindness. And that's, you know, this international agency that uh, has to do with the World Sight Day. Um, and, you know, it just, it still makes it, we still have this thing in society where it's it's all about kind of preventing the blindness. And it's a tough balance because, of course, yeah, we do need research still done on this stuff. You know, people don't want to lose their sight, understandably. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, Carrie, it just, sometimes it does still feel like it's, it's looked at as a pro- such a big problem when you're blind so that when you are a blind person like us who've lived our entire lives um, like this, it just sometimes feels a little bit, I don't know. Just- okay, but here's my issue. Yes. My main issue is, so I follow a lot of 
blindness organizations like advocacy groups, obviously the Canadian Federation of the Blind being one of them, but there are a lot of them out there. And they all celebrated that day. And I was just thinking, I'm not quite sure why they do. Yeah. It's, it's a, like because it's talking about the eyes, they have to pipe in. It's just, a, it is, it's not, it's not about us so much. It's more about, yeah, people making sure they get their eyes checked regularly to prevent things that could get worse because, yeah, we don't want the whole world to lose their eyesight. It's just... But a lot of those organizations are still dealing with people who are gradually losing their sight. Yeah. So they still still have that connection, I think, in that sense. Slippery slope. But I I know exactly what you mean. And again, I think another term that's been coming up a lot lately in a lot of the blindness organizations here in Canada is sight loss. And I just... I still don't love that just because it sounds... It just sounds like a negative way of looking at it. Like... I don't know. Hmm. But you know what I mean about sight loss? Vision, yeah. vision loss, I guess, is... Again, it's terminology, but I just... I just, I kept wondering why all the blindness organizations were like, had to post about it. But uh, again, Kara, I think it's because they're not just for totally blind people. They're for a lot of people who still have quite a bit of sight and are worried about their eye health. I guess. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying I totally agree with you. I don't... <laughs> I don't Love it either that a blindness organization is is promoting a lot on a World Sight Day. Hmm. Um, I, you know, they should be promoting, you know, the 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 services and things that are out there for people who are losing their sight. And, yeah, and like just helping everybody learn to to get, to get what we need to, you know, find success in life. Uh, focusing on things that we don't have now, and it it doesn't serve us a pur- our purpose to to focus on that, but. This is our perspective. If this show were being done by a few people who were just, I guess, considered legally blind, they may have a whole different spin. That's just it. 20 years ago, I might have felt totally different. We always remind anyone who's listening here, uh, either who's at Western University here or just anyone in London or the community or around the world online at radiowestern.ca, that this is just our perspective. And and though we are blind people, we're not speaking for all blind people because everyone's experience in life is different. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you have the same disability. Well, I got a quote for you. You want a quote? Oh, sure. I happen to like quotes and I wasn't sure if I should say this for the end of the episode and things off on, but I'll, I'll just say I'll it. throw now. it in now. I was going to jump to the next day that followed World Sight Day. I know. But um, you we'll can get there. split that up with a quote. So have you ever heard of Tom, uh, have you ever heard of Thomas Paine? The name does sound familiar. Okay. I can't place who that, who that is. So he was British and uh, he was in America when they had their revolution. So here's a quote from 1777. Um, he says, Those who expect to reap the blessings of freedom must undergo the fatigues of supporting it. So it just made me think about, lately we've been talking about advocacy fatigue a lot from a lot of the work we've been doing recently. And we even had the guy we interviewed the, yeah, the other day mention that he, when he first knew me, he said I was writing other things and now I seem to be just doing a lot of advocacy stuff and advocacy writing. And he is right. I did sort of migrate over to that mm-hmm. in the last few years. And we're still newer to it than a lot of people out there who are fighting some of these causes, fighting a lot of the the barriers in society. And and we always wonder about how they do it because it's it really zaps your energy, but I just like that quote because he was saying it about fighting for America's revolution and their independence from the British back in 1776 or 77. But here it's like, I'm actually reading a book right now 
by the attorney who actually, he was the head attorney who impeached Donald Trump the first time. His name is Adam Schiff. And uh, I read his book recently, or I'm reading it now because it's about, it's about, so it's like a window into that whole time. And, you know, I watched it on the news when it happened, but to hear his behind the scenes take on things. And he talks about why he did what he did and why he was so adamant that he wanted to see the president impeached, which does not ha- happen often. And uh, talking about, you know, the the accusations of, of Trump being involved with Russia and and it just made me think about the country we live in. And if we were born somewhere else, we wouldn't have the freedom to be here right now saying what we're saying on air or I wouldn't have the freedom to write about it like I do, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. It gets you to reflect and think about things today compared to when that quote is from so long well, ago. Yeah. But but yet how it still time. is, yeah, it still is, you know, relative to a lot of things that are going on today. And it is it is a fatiguing thing, all the advocating and it's, it is a tough balance because you also don't want to be the same with this show. We don't want to be talking about all these serious, really no. often depressing kind of issues. We also want to talk about just our daily lives and fun and stuff like that too to keep things interesting. Well, as I've said before, it's like any any marginalized group, whether it's indigenous peoples or it's blind people, or people with disabilities, it's not all about gloom and doom in our lives. It's, it's because that's all often you hear on the media and things. We like to have some good stories too yeah. not the inspiration um you know the happy joy joy kind of thing <laughs> we don't like that either so yeah it's the it's the balance of not being too over the top like mm-hmm. you know but not also not being super super negative all the time and pessimistic about too many things um well i'm reading a lot of books and i could get into that but uh, i thought maybe we could also talk about what happened? So last time, yeah, we should we get into in that. Here, we were in the studio; was our first time, and like we said, over a year. Yeah. And when we ended the show that day, and we walked down to go. So this ties into mobility, which will also tie yeah. into the next day that we're going to talk about here in a few minutes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when we when we leave the station, so again, being blind, you know, mobility orientation and mobility, as it's officially called. Is a, is a big thing um, to be able to get around and, and be independent. And it takes a lot of practice and, and building up these skills. And like Carrie said, we've we've been here obviously many times. This is episode 131 today, and we were gone for over 60 shows there, but we've, you know, we're, we were still in the studio before then. So we have come in and out quite a bit. But so there's a couple of different things. I, I come here Friday to do my music show, but when I come then, I take the bus by myself and still coming into the same building, obviously, the, the UCC here on the Western campus where Radio Western Studios are located. Um, but I come in from a different door when I when I take the bus. So when when you come and we do the show live together in the studio, Carrie... We often get a ride. Yeah, you're coming in from Woodstock. So that's, you know, you could... Well, I don't know. How could you... Could you get to London here now on your own? Um, I, I know they canceled Greyhound. I, I see they have added a go go train. Yeah, now. they have go service now. Also, um, the smaller communities. I think like Stratford and St. Thomas. Well, I don't know if it goes to St. Thomas, but you can go to Toronto. But apparently, it takes like four hours, and a lot of people are not happy about that. But. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know how easy it would be for you to get to London really on your own at, at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, the Greyhound bus was pretty was pretty convenient, but as we've most of us have probably heard by now, that's been pretty much discontinued. So. Yeah. Um, either way, so we, when you when you get a ride in and we come in, we come in the the back parking lot here of the building, which is is uh, by the social sciences uh, buildings, I believe. And so, 
we get our parents to drop us off, and you know they let us out of the car, and we know the route from here up to the station and back down. Um, but yeah, Kara, when we were coming down last time, we made it up here fine. We, mm-hmm. we found the station, but coming down, there's there's stairs that that we take to go down. There are there is also an elevator option, but um, that also brings up another sort of stereotype that we don't automatically happen. take an elevator. I I need to move I need to walk for my own fitness it's good for me to use the stairs whereas you know a lot of sighted people think well maybe you just avoid the stairs oh I don't know are you safe can you use the stairs don't fall I don't know what they think exactly yeah we've, we've definitely talked about that on the show before and yeah. um, that it is just it's again it's lack of knowledge and, and, and information on this stuff that's out there for, for the general population so sure. you know it is what it is but it's something we do want to try to sort of break that mold a little bit and trying to make people realize that it's, you know, of course there's certain blind people who do like an elevator. We're not, again, we're speaking from our perspective, but a lot of blind people, you know, their eyes don't work, but their feet still work. So they mm-hmm. they still want to go up the stairs because it's also great exercise. And, and yeah, so, mm-hmm. um, but when we come down the stairs here, so it's kind of a winding, little interesting kind of staircase there. Um, but when you get to the final three stairs, you can either go straight out, which then you come by the booster juice and then around the corner there's Tim Hortons um, or you could go down you can turn a le- hang a left and go down three stairs heading um, the other direction um, we went that way and it threw us off yeah, so I, I we, always feel like I throw you off a little extra when I'm with you but I don't know if that's true well, it's always the interesting thing about blind people traveling together. Yeah. You can't really travel together because you're using a you're, most times you're using a cane or a guide dog. There's a we 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 knew about social distancing before it was a thing because you know with this cane you have out in front of you, it sort of does often put you put some distance between you and the, and the person you might yeah, be walking the only, with. Yeah, the only the only way that kind of works is if like for me when I when I was in a relationship and you're holding holding each other's arms or something like I mean then it's it's kind of interesting because you have to use the other opposite hand for the cane sometimes like yeah, generally I would use my can, cane in my right hand but sometimes I'll use it in my left but if I'm if I'm walking with someone but again that's that's unless you're like really close to that person I don't know it's uh in a crowded place I might grab you like your backpack just so I don't lose you right. in the crowd yeah it's just it's the sticking together that you know yeah. obviously you can weave in and out if you can see a little bit easier and sort yeah. of navigate that way um, and oftentimes I will like I think a few weeks ago, or back in the summer anyway, it was at a friend's birthday, and we went out to grab grab the food, and I was talking to one of his friends while we were walking, and she was walking, like, right beside me, pretty much. Um, but I find when I'm walking on my own with a cane, if I'm really... And <laughs> this comes up, actually, uh, I was talking about this recently, about multitasking I'm not very good at. No. If I'm walking by myself, like, beside someone, but not holding on to them, and just walking by myself, which I, I normally do, I normally travel on my own with my cane, but when someone else is there, and I'm, I want to be, you know, I just want to fit in, so I want to have a conversation with them. But yeah. I always notice when I do that, I lose a bit of focus on yep. the street and the traffic and what I'm trying to focus on traveling. And it is—it's just one of those things that it's—it's—it's it's, it's totally uh, it's totally possible, and it it works well once you've had the practice. But it does require a lot more focus traveling. And in this example, even just leaving this building, right? Because mm-hmm. if you get turned around a little bit and then you end up in a different hallway, you look for different cues that oh, this doesn't quite feel right, and and I didn't think it quite felt right either when we were going um, out the the wrong way uh, last a couple of weeks ago when we were here last live. Um, but then once we got outside, it just didn't feel right. It didn't and, sound right. No, there was there was too much loud traffic to my right, and I knew that wasn't right. And luckily, there were there were people out there that helped us um, get around to the right spot that we did need to go to. And yeah, but I know 
Carrie, that definitely stresses you out. And I don't want to sit here and say it doesn't affect me at all either, but I don't know, maybe talk briefly on how you feel. about. We tried to backtrack, and then, yeah, luckily they were these people that... It's a thing. It's a fine line. A lot of people will just silently stand somewhere. I was saying, like, the other day, somebody was holding the door open for me, and while I appreciate that, it's a very kind gesture, it often... It does help if you can say something, so I know you're doing it. Otherwise, I'm not sure if the door is going to about to slam shut, if it's been held up open by someone, or it's got a you know, uh, automatic wheelchair buttons got it open or what the situation is. So other times people see us and they might think we need assistance. Sometimes they'll approach you and sometimes they don't even ask you if you need help. They just grab you, which we don't <laughs> we don't like that either. Um, you know, you can see why people get confused as to how you might help someone who's blind. Uh, and the question, the point is that just communication. Yeah. Is I think the, the main thing is just, just talking to someone. Don't not touching someone without, um, asking them first, mm-hmm. you know, nobody does that to anyone else in, in public. You don't randomly walk up to a stranger and grab their arm. But, and I know it's, it's the person's trying to help. It's just sort of an instinct, right? To, and it's, it's generally, a, um, coming from a good place, but it doesn't mean that we still can just always be like, oh, well, they're always coming from a good place. There's no need to, mm. to educate or talk about it. Yeah. Um, cause that actually did happen a couple of weeks ago. Um, one of the kind, kind ladies that was, was helping us out did grab me at one point kind of on the arm. And I just said, excuse me, please, please don't grab me there. I appreciate the help. But, and it feels a little awkward to say that, but at the same point, and it's also the balance. You're not going to say that every single time something happens because it can get frustrating. And sometimes you just want get, to get on with your day. But other times it's like nothing's going to change unless we, we sort of educate people on, on what works. Um, but again, maybe some blind people do want to, I don't know. If, <laughs> I haven't really heard of any blind people who like having someone else grab them. But, you know, maybe a blind person would like to, you know, hold on to someone else's, that person's arm to help them guide them. Yeah. So it doesn't mean they don't want to be in the contact. It's just, it's, it's all, all it is is asking, right? Yeah. Um, and they did ask. We, we heard there were yeah. two ladies back there by the door where we came out. So we just backtracked, went up and found them. And then I think in that case they asked us, but I would have just spoke up. I heard them there. And if you're on your own and you can't find somebody that doesn't have to be someone at that time, you can either just discover on your own, backtrack, as I said, and figure it out. Or, of course, now with technology, there are apps, GPS apps and things, and, and you could call you know, somebody on FaceTime. There's a lot of ways to yeah, get into that situation. Yeah, and then there's also the services that we've talked about a little bit on this show before, Ira which is more of the paid one. I think you can get it for free for very short calls, but that's yes. more of a paid one. But then there's also Be My Eyes, yeah. Which is an app for the for the iPhone and that's a volunteer probably thing. Probably the Android. Like any of you listening, if you if you check out Be My Eyes, you can actually volunteer for that, and you just get a call when someone who's blind needs assistance for some with something. Yeah, it can then, be really quick. Just yeah. which what can is this? If I'm like yesterday, I was making chili, and I actually knew where all my the cans were that I needed, so it wasn't an issue. But say say I got my cans mixed up and didn't know what was what, you know, I could just quickly call this volunteer through Be My Eyes and. And uh, they could quickly tell me what it was, and it could just be a 30-second call, right? Yeah. What can is this? That is Pinto Beans. All right, bye. Thanks. Yeah. So it, there are so many services out there, but I know, we, I know, Carrie, it's in those moments, it is stressful, and it's, I don't know. I just want to get on with things. I don't like standing out. I don't like looking right, wayward. Yeah. I just want to, I, I wish, I, I want to feel confident to seem like I know where I'm going, but that's not always the reality and then but the interesting thing too in a lot of cases and it's a little bit different but you know when I started Fanshawe College it was like 
a lot of people didn't know where they were going. Yeah. It's it's a little different, obviously. You can see, you can still kind of have yeah. a bit of an idea of certain things, but it's you still can be completely lost even if you can see. So it doesn't... No. It doesn't necessarily make it that much of a difference, um, but it can... It can get a little tricky, so the the real key is to just really focus on on everything in the environment and what sort of landmarks are around where you want to be, and it's also just practicing. So just keep doing it. Yeah. Even when it feels awkward and when it feels blech. And I also just feel, for me anyway, I've I've done it so much because I lived in Toronto and yeah. and all these things that again I'm not going to sit here and say that it didn't it doesn't like feel a little awkward. awkward for me or anything like that because it does to to a point, but. I think I've gotten to the point where I'm just like, whatever, we're all people, we're all trying to figure out things, you know, we all help each other, everyone needs some form of help at some point, and there's nothing wrong with it, and I don't mind, and it's like our our friend in Ireland has mentioned before, and that's what I've noticed in the past too, obviously, a little different last while with social distancing, but generally when you're outside or if you're masked, it's not too big of a concern, (laughs) is that it often allows you to meet more people if you need help, like sometimes you can put that into a positive and be like, Hey, thanks for your help. What's what's your name? Or how's your day going? Or yeah. you know, I've started up many conversations with with people and met so many people that way. Just well, I remember. Um, I don't know how 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 long before pandemic stuff hit, but once when I was here and we took the bus back to your apartment, uh, the bus route had been altered for some reason, and so we got to the where we thought the bus would be, and it wasn't. And you know, we had to find someone who could ex- sort of explain, oh, the bus is actually stopping down here today. And we would have found it eventually and all that. Like I said, there's ways around this stuff. But that was another incident incident where I remember we we were lucky and we, you know, we walked with these people and, yeah, it was a nice way to just ask, how how are you and meet someone. <laughs> I don't know, just, yeah. Yeah. So it's- Learn to be friendly and outgoing and get to know people. That's the key. I think a lot of these things are trying to spin spin things in a positive light that you yeah. might feel a little bit scared or nervous of but then try to try to make the best of it and um, yeah that's just a yeah well good message for life but um, we just like to talk about that because these are real world situations you get into that make good examples for helping others understand all right Kara well we are coming up around 1130 here so maybe we'll we'll take a quick break now what do you what do you say Oh, I'm not in charge of everything over there. That's you. Well, if if you're up for one, I'll I'll start it. <laughs> and you didn't say yes or no, so I got the music going. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. You're listening to Outlook on Radio Western. I guess this is a Monday mixed bag. Yeah. Today. We'll see what all we get to in the next in the second half hour. Yes. So we're gonna take a quick break now for some promos, but then we'll be right back with more Outlook on Radio Western. second half of the show today you're listening to outlook on radio western i'm here with my brother brian i'm carrie hello hello and we are blind siblings talking about blindness awareness days and months and weeks (laughs) (laughs) i was just saying something funny actually um molly burke who's a famous youtube um i guess you call her an influencer uh she's a blind lady um younger than you and i brian Anyway, it was making. I, had, I saw her on YouTube the other day, and she was. She had a YouTube video up about her showing herself putting away her dishes out of her dishwasher, and I was just. At first, I saw that, and I was like, 
Okay, this is getting out of hand. Why do we need a video of a blind girl showing how she takes dishes out of a dish rack? Like, is this really that much of a mystery to people? And then I tried to look at it from a different point of view, right? You know, we got to show the world, I guess, how we do everything because we often get congratulated for just getting up in the morning or putting on our shirts. I don't know. And, um, you know, so I saw this video and it just made me wonder. (laughs) She was just showing you how she clears her rack of her dishwasher. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's these, it's these little things in life that to us are, you know, just so obvious, obvious but you got to remember that, yeah, people are coming from a different perspective and they don't, they don't know what that's like. It's so. like you don't use your eyes to look at your dish rack to see where there are dishes to take out to put away. You just reach in with your hand and feel. Um, but yeah, so I, I saw the need for the video. It was just, it was funny. And also, before the break, we were talking about these apps that help blind people identify what a can is, what can, what food is in a certain can, or what color their clothing is. The other day, I actually was doing my laundry, and I had a big pile of towels. And here's another time where I'm talking about the, such a mundane topic, but again, we can find subject matter in any of this stuff. Yeah, it's so. all a different perspective that most people probably don't. Uh, so I had a bunch so, of towels, and yeah. I didn't want to put. I didn't want to. If I had a red one, I didn't want to mix it in with other things. So I, I used the app we called Be My Eyes. And I just wrote down a few of the descriptions. So you basically take a picture with your phone and within a few seconds, uh, you get a response back from somebody who looked at the picture and writes back what they see. So here's a few descriptions of my towels, which I guess they didn't look like towels at all to some people. Because one of them was called um, Fuzzy, it's a fuzzy textile. Or a thick brown floor rug. <laughs> it was it was a towel, but I guess some towels can be fuzzier and thicker. And I guess somebody thought it was a rug. And which uh, service was that? Is that a person one or just one of those? Um, like was that the was that be my eyes too? Be, they're all people. It's just you don't. Oh, with be my eyes, you could just send oh, a no, photo too. Sorry, this wasn't be my eyes. This is, this is a third one. I know. I was. Yeah. Com- that's why I was. Sorry. This was clarify. tap tap see. Right. That's the one with the camera. See. Right. So that so one you don't actually talk to someone. No, that one you, you just, don't talk. You just send a picture. Right, and you know, I think the camera now does it does it beep to make sure you're in focus now yep. for the for the picture. I haven't taken a, a ton of pictures with my phone, but and some people might say, oh, "Of course not, you're blind." But you actually can now take a picture with. Uh, well, I don't have the like latest phones. phone or the latest update, so no, it just does a beep to let you know the picture was taken, and then within a few seconds. Right, but it should show you when it's in focus too. I think it beeps. Um, if it's in focus. But I, I often do it actually for certain pictures. Um, if they're on my phone and say I want to post a picture on Facebook or I want to confirm what it is, I'll run it through tap, tap, see. But you make an interesting point there though, how, and it, it ties back again to the eyes and the perception of things. Like if someone's seeing that picture taken through a phone, they might not necessarily know if it's a towel or a carpet or a rug or whatever. Exactly. So. It was probably a close shot and yeah, they weren't quite sure. So anyway, it was just funny to me. It's like, it's a textile of some sort. (laughs) Very specific, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, that was an interesting observation. Um, So Brian, you're going to talk about more, more about this once it's happened next weekend, but you signed up for the conference that's put on every year. We attended it in person in 2018. Uh, It's through the CNIB, right? Yeah. So... CNIB Connect the Dots. It's a Braille conference that they have, I believe it's every year. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we went pretty much exactly three years ago in person, you and I, to Toronto and went to the conference. And and we have mixed thoughts on the CNIB. If you've listened to the show in the past, you might 
have heard some of that. But at the same point, like, it is a tricky thing with these blindness organizations because I don't love this whole, you know, you can be part of this one, but you, you know, don't deal with this one. I just think if it's something that's offered in any organization that's worth worth time, I'll, I'll go for it. I don't care which organization it is. Yeah, you can meet interesting people You never know anywhere. what connections you can make. And, and Braille in particular is so important to me mm-hmm. that um, it's one of the ones that I definitely would want to go to. Um, just based on that, because I think Braille is so important, and there's always the talk about it being phased out more and more. So it's just it's a it's a big thing of importance for me. Um, so, oh, well, don't get me worked up here with. Well, no, that's the point. It's the the Braille subject is what I wanted to comment on. It's that some of my issues with the CNIB. Um, I'll give you one example here. So. Yeah, this ties into connecting the dots. Yeah. It's actually called connecting the dots. I might have said connect before. <laughs> Makes me reminds me of that game Connect Four. <laughs> I like that game. But um, yeah, so the CNIB always had a separate Braille library. So instead of going to your own local library for books, you would get them through the CNIB. They would they would come from the warehouses in Toronto. They'd ship you the book in the mail, and. I did that for years, and then again recently I got signed up with them. But now they're now it's not just called the CNIB Library. Now it's called CELA, Center for Equitable Library Access. And again, the CNIB does not doesn't seem to like to, to people to know that they that CELA is a part of CNIB. They like to make it seem like they're separate entities, and I don't believe they are. So anyway, I ordered Braille books, and they have a new printer I guess and a new platform they print them and they send them to you and I'm not supposed to return them like in the old days this nowadays you they send you one and you keep it it's up to you to whether you recycle it or keep it or whatever if you request request a braille book they're going to send it to you and they don't want it back so I thought I'd give it a try again because I like hard copy braille and books but this happened to me months year months ago where they sent me a braille book and I started reading it and I was like this does not feel right all the braille dots are smushed together and I can't even make out what that word says. My brain does not understand what I'm reading. And it wasn't right. So I actually reached out to the the CELA library and I explained my issue. And I asked them to put my file on hold and stop sending me books until it was dealt with because I thought, you know, this this can't be right. Braille needs to have a certain amount of a width of space between each uh, each cell. That's what braille is. If you smush it all together, it becomes something else. And so I explained my concern, and they I guess they seemed like they were going to look into it, but then nothing ever happened. So I, I got another book again recently, and it's the same problem. And I feel like I'm the only one who has noticed or cares. And you know what it's like when you're the only one who is trying to speak about something. Right, and that's why we wanted to do this show, but it, in, you know, in the past wanted to get involved in, in organizations, um, because then you do have other people to back you up and, yeah. and maybe try and, and, and fight for it a little bit more, because it is hard to do things on your own. Yeah. But it's also tough, as we've noticed with all these different organizations, and, well, that's and why I all brought these things up the fatigue quote. Causes, can cause drama, and a lot of, some people like this approach better than this approach, and it just, it all becomes more than it should be. It's, we're just all trying to get by and help each other and work together, and, and yeah, so, so the Braille thing is, is a very strange thing, so just quickly for our listeners, you know, the Braille cell is is six dots, um, dot one, two, three, going um, vertically. vertically on the left, and then dot four is horizontal to dot one right beside it, and then going down is dots four, five, six. And that is one cell. So the letter A is a dot one, but if you put a word after, or a letter after A in a word, 
you still have to leave dots four, five, and six empty yeah. to separate the letters. So each letter has that six dot space, even if it doesn't use all six dots. Yeah. Um, and it is weird. Yeah, I don't know how they print those books if they've ever gone into any detail to you. I think it's just mass production. Right. The printers and the setting it they just, probably have. Yeah, on it seems it like it's a cheaper a cheap way, way or something. It. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it is frustrating, and you wonder. Well, first off, how many people across Canada? are getting books from them in Braille. I don't know. That'd be my first question. And then, yeah, wondering, like, has anyone else noticed this or brought this up? I mean, I do feel like on a whole, with technology now, well, for one, Braille is being, isn't used as much as it used to be, just with technology, unfortunately. Well, today we're using our Braille, uh, our Braille displays, electronic Braille machines. So that's perfectly spaced because the computer electronically it, it knows well that's another thing yeah I mean a lot be. of people also like us we have braille displays but still the benefits of getting a book in, in braille or you can even get an ebook but is that you know generally you'd have to pay for it whereas we want access to a library yeah. with accessible material um, so I don't know There's, I'm sure there's various factors that contribute I don't know how many people use this service but there must be quite a few at least across Canada I would imagine so yeah but it's just those who are using it Either it doesn't bother them, maybe I'm just oversensitive well, like, here, or they just they don't speak up either because they don't think that anybody. But it would must not hear if it them. if it, yeah, it, it it must bother them. Like I don't know. Do you think they just have no trouble reading it, and you're just the odd one out that has trouble reading that? I don't know. I wish I could find some others who we could have this discussion, but it's just this is where the connections are not made, and then you feel like you're the only one facing something. When you're probably not the only one facing it. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, how? what am I supposed to do? The CNIB is a giant, giant thing in Canada. They don't listen to me. I'm I'm a blind client that they're supposed to be serving, but... Right, I mean, they. it says that they speak for, for blind people, but I don't know. They don't They don't seem to speak for us on this this issue that... It's... I know it's, it's one that's really been frustrating you. I haven't yeah. ordered any books in the mail. Um, I don't... I should I should honestly read well, more, but I've stopped again. Um, I've, I, well, yeah, I called you just them canceled back. it, right? I called them back and I said, "Stop sending me these books." It's just you're not going to do anything. Fine, but I don't want them then. Yeah, and I mean that'd be a way to to have it stop them to stop producing it that way. If everyone would just boycott it and be like, "We're not," you're sending fix out your, fix your system here Braille that's not you know easy to use and it's not readable. It's like if you ordered a book in print and it was all. Jumbled, the jumbled letters, up, the yeah. words were, you know, running into each other. The ink was running and you couldn't make out words. You couldn't make out whole sentences. I don't know. So it's just one of those things that it seems to just slip through the cracks or people just don't want to bring it up or people, especially in Canada, I think we still have that sort of the overall more of a passive personality. And especially if you are more sheltered or you have had less opportunity, like a lot in the is the case for a lot of blind people, you are just nervous to say anything or stand up for yourself sometimes and confidence and all these things. So it is a, it's a tricky thing, but I know you've been talking about this Braille issue, Carrie, for Ugh, I feel like quite a, a long time now. So I feel like a broken record, maybe. I feel like I'm being oversensitive. I don't no, know. No, no, you're not. <laughs> you're too hard on yourself. This is something we say about each other quite a bit. Um, that again, if oftentimes we'll, you jump towards, you know, putting it on yourself or blaming yourself like oh, I'm just too sensitive or mm-hmm. or this and that but when really it's like this is the right to read a book that anyone else could go get in the library that this this hundred plus year old organization is producing and they're not producing quality braille it just doesn't it doesn't add up for me mm. but um, maybe we should quickly mention the other day I don't know how much detail we want to get into it but is 
Uh, I think it was originally called White Cane Safety Day, though I did read that safety was removed from that In the that States, title. it was called, it was called sa- the safety. We never, I don't think we had that in ours. Well, our, we have a White Cane Week in February. Right. But, so the White Cane's Day that just happened was in the U.S. on October 15th. But Canada has adopted it about 10 years ago. Oh, really? But it's just See, called, it's just called White day, Cane Day, but now in the States they call it White Cane Awareness Day. Like, there's just... Yeah, it's anyway, just... Anyway, doesn't matter. all these words, but... So that was, that was the day after World yeah, Sight that, Day. That, yeah. This isn't a national or international holiday, though. It's not a world holiday, but... Well, um, white canes are only... They're, they're not even 100 years old, basically. As we've said before, before like the 30s, before the two world wars, blind people, they would grab whatever was around to get around safely. They would grab, a, you know, a stick... Um, someone's walking cane, whatever they had that was long enough that it could be like a hand that they could have something to reach out to feel their surroundings before they tripped on things and bumped into things. But then after World War One, there were a lot of blinded veterans and they decided, you know, let's find a way to make this stick more uniform. So that it became a white stick with red on it, you know, supposed to catch the attention of the cars. But it wasn't until the 60s, I guess, in the States that President... Lyndon Johnson made it officially a white cane day basically saying you know blind people have the right of way and we are we deserve to get out and about and walk whereas back before that it was like well if you can't be safe crossing a street that's not our fault as as our, um as drivers maybe you just shouldn't be out on the street it's not safe for you right when it's the world we're fighting is these barriers it's not the answer is not for us to hide away and not have a life but um, yeah, canes are only about 100 years old, which is hard to believe because they're such a part of our life, or now they are anyway. Yeah, and I mean, it is a the overall concept is quite simple. It's, yeah. It is just a stick, but um, like you say, back in the day, they would use just any sort of stick they could find, mm-hmm. whereas this is a little bit more set, and there's certain you know, standards to have it, have it proper with a, with a tip, and, and you know, now you know, having folding canes and all these different developments. And there's the long white cane, which was, I think, popularized by the by the National Federation of the Blind in the, in the United States. But the canes that we had growing up were weren't quite as long as those. So there are still there are different types. Yeah, some fold up, some don't. Yeah, um, and I prefer the fold up ones because it's easier when you're sitting down or getting into a bus or something. But sometimes it's also okay just to hold the cane out, and then people know that you're blind, and it's sort of a people look at it as a symbol, right? It's a well, that's the thing. It, there's, it's still very stigmatized. A lot of blind people are ashamed to pick one up in the first place. Yeah, I mean, I guess people can be intimidated by them. They're, they're a long stick, and I guess they, like, is that person going to trip me? Um, so people sometimes give it a wide berth, and that's unfortunate because it is a tool of independence. And without it, I'm afraid, unless I'm somewhere where I know it familiar, like my home, I'm I'm blind enough now that I'm afraid to take too many steps without a cane because you just can't be sure what you're going to come across and you need that thing and it's funny when you walk with people they're just like watch out for that pole or something and of course there are times when a cane won't pick up on something but the point is that that's what the cane's supposed to yeah, do. Yeah, oftentimes I'm I can be pretty last minute for catching things but I I normally do um I generally don't run into things very often just I don't know I've had a, quite a bit of practice I suppose but um, oftentimes, yeah, I'm walking with someone and like, watch, there's a pole coming up here. But it's like, yeah, I would have, I got it. My cane's, my cane's working. Plus I also, which we talked about a bit last week with Leona, um, when we had our guest on was the whole 
spatial recognition and whether you my little bit of vision does see that there's a pole in front of me or something blocking the light or mm-hmm. if it's more so my um, you know the sound being blocked or whatever the, it is that I'm able to sense that um, but yeah it's I just love it too because to me again like the actual white cane wasn't developed until more recently but I just like the idea of a cane and braille because they're they just seem so they're so simple in, in one way like yeah. they're not based on like all this technology you know you could do both of these things without technology like you could you know you, technically you could still use a stick if you ever were in that situation and um, and a couple times I've been out where I'll be tra- about to cross a driveway or something and one of the a car will pull out before I, I'm waiting and I'm about to cross and it's run over the tip of my cane or occasionally in the past the tip got caught in a crack in the sidewalk and sort of came off and just sort of broke. So I have had to walk sometimes with a cane that's a little bit uh, slightly broken. Didn't um, you lose yours down a down a <laughs> that was a, a drain on the street? That was a long time ago. And oh. that was more me, I think, partly being silly as a kid. I don't know <laughs> if I totally did it on purpose, but yeah, I, back way back in the day, um, <laughs> through the school board, back when we were in school, we had uh, mobility lessons quite frequently. And yeah, probably in like grade five or something, I was out with one of my instructors once and we came up to a sewer and I was sort of tapping around. I don't know what I was doing being a silly little kid, but I just like let go of my cane and it fell down into the sewer. And then um, what, what Then would you do? Well, there was a, I think somebody was, we were right near somebody's house or whatever and they saw us and they came out with a coat hanger or something and oh, somehow yeah. they fished it out and they got it out. Huh. So I don't know. I don't. This is this is what like twenty five years ago. So it's at least. So I don't remember it all that well. But it's funny you you bring that up. <laughs> I just thought of it. But it's the whole idea. Yeah. Like if say you are out in public and you're say you were to misplace your cane or lose it, then yeah, it's it is it is quite tricky to totally walk on your own. Like I think I could to a point, but I'd be going very slow. And it if it was in a familiar area, like say it was on the street that I live, I've kind of walked there enough that I kind of know what's where and, and where the sidewalk turns and where the driveways are and, and stuff. So I, I probably could manage, but it would be, it'd be strange. Uh, anyway, as you can probably tell, there are a lot of days set aside in October. <laughs> and wh- so one of them is um, about employment. And so... Right, so that's the entire month, right? Yeah. We always want to talk about that because it's always a, a, an issue in our lives. And we don't think... There's this whole thing about blind people, 70% unemployment rate, and a lot of people will argue that if if you're talking to someone who's blind who's found a job, then of course they might not see it that same way, but there are a lot of blind people who struggle, and it's just disconcerting when you hear stories like, I don't know, I'd heard something recently about someone who said that they work somewhere and they, they saw somebody got an interview who was blind, but then they just didn't get the job, and it's like, are employers giving blind people a chance? Of course they are in some instances. As we know, a lot of blind people do have jobs. It's just, it's just because it, it's... There still is that... It's still out there. The stigma and the, oh, we don't want to hire that person. They may have great skills, but, you know, I don't know about blind people. Right, if what there's... If they get hurt um, on our... If there are two people that, are, that have applied for the same position and they're both equally qualified, mm-hmm. it still does happen quite often that the sighted person is, is hired over the blind person simply for the fact that the employer is like, oh, I don't know about blindness. I don't want to deal with that. When when really in reality, and we talk about this a lot, is that that just makes the, the business more diverse. Like if I were to go into a, you know, a store or something and there was a blind person working there, that would 
you know, I'd want to come back to that store. It would it would appeal to me because there's, you know, I, I could have that that connection there. And and I just think, and that this applies for all disabilities and all diversities and all of these things that we're really trying to yeah. to create this, you know, the society with with so much diversity and. Um, so yeah, National Disability Employment Awareness Month is the month of October, an annual campaign that takes place promoting disability inclusion. Mm. And I was reading a bunch about it on the Odin website, which is... That's for employers to to get some assistance to realize the benefits of hiring people with disabilities. Right. So Odin is the Ontario Disability Employment Network. Mm-hmm which is a province-wide organization that brings together businesses and employment service providers to increase employment opportunities for job seekers who have a disability. Mm. So yeah, it is, it is aimed more at the, at the um, employers, I believe. Yep. And in a lot of these cases, which is just important. Um, but again, I still, there's so many different organizations and networks and all these things that I barely know, know about. And we actually did have the, um, we did have Odin speak, right, Care? That one, that one yeah, call? we had an employment couple of years um, ago. seminar a couple of years ago, and they did speak. But uh, yeah, there still feels like a disconnect between what a bunch of sighted people are doing to help blind people and what the blind people are actually getting or the people with disabilities are getting. And we got to collaborate here, right? But well, there was an Odin campaign here to to outline some of the some of the um, specific you know things in the in plan that they they, they want to achieve here with. Uh, with this organization and I don't know if you want me to go through those or if you had anything else you wanted to talk about but. well I just think we, we, we one of the subjects we want to tackle on Outlook is this employment issue because it's affected us all our lives and we're still dealing with it and we see um, friends and acquaintances dealing with it but um, we always have a lot to talk about when you always worry we won't I did just want to say as we're about to wrap up that maybe we'll need a whole new episode for this topic, topic again because there's a lot to say it's just we had other things on well, we still our have list. A good, we still have a solid five minutes at least. I just yeah. did want to plug something I just heard. Something upbeat and fun and positive. Uh, it was put on in Toronto. It's called the Lumin- Luminato Festival. And I hadn't really heard of it until this year. Um, but it's, it's a festival of art and culture. But they did a lot to make it accessible. They had audio describers describing artwork. And that, that involved, was it both from... So the the podcast we've talked about before on the show, Talk Description to Me, mm-hmm. and we've had both Christine Malik and J.J. Hunt on the show, and I think you said J.J. did some of the narration at this festival? They were both working. Um, they both were doing certain projects. And so if you, if you want to check it out, because they're going to air all these things as podcasts now that it's over, it went from Wednesday um, the 13th to yesterday the 17th. Um, so, and they had it broadcast on this network in Toronto, I guess, called Radio Lumi. But if you go to if you go to luminatofestival.com, you can check out all of it and they just had a lot of interesting art exhibits and and yeah, the the artists who were blind were were involved and it was collaborating and there were sighted people having discussions with these blind people about what audio description means and and the value of describing art and making it inclusive. And so I just wanted to plug that because I I didn't get to check out everything, so I'm going to go back to the site too, but um it, and audio description is a is it's a very big thing. I mean, it's for all, all blind people and me too. But specifically for you, it seems to be something that you're really passionate about. Yeah. And so this ties into that, um, which it's obviously a little different than describing. Uh, and this has movie to do with TV. this, this is has art. to do with impl- well, yeah. You can describe a play. You can describe a piece of art or an art exhibit. You can describe um, architecture. 
um, whatever, right? Um, but I just thought it's something fun and positive to talk about. And like I said, that they collaborated, and this is what get blind people to use their skills and you know pay them for it. That's how we all collaborate and we become more inclusive, a more inclusive society when we work together. It's not again a bunch of sighted people doing these things for blind people. It's working together, and that's what, like you said, the the two people from Talk Description to me, one is sighted and one is blind, and they, they are, they're, they're a great team. And so they sort of branched out a bit, and they were working uh, to help make the um, Luminato Festival more accessible this year, and it was great to witness some of that. Um, yeah, luminatofestival.com. And I think we just want to plug next week's episode, Bri. Yeah, so I'll just quickly mention again that I am going to this. I signed up for this Connecting the Dots conference through... Which starts right when your radio show yeah, starts so it's, on Friday. It's, it's a two-day conference, and, and this year it is virtual, so of course I won't be going in person like I did three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to say, too, I was su- surprised I got the ticket yesterday from uh, for this conference, and then I got the email after saying that a sponsor has covered your, your payment for this. I mean, it was only $20 for a for someone who's who's blind or that's what they're doing um, if they got but, certain sponsors yeah so I guess they had the money which covering. I mean they should it's, it's the CNIV I think but um, well yeah they, they, they ask for an, um, enough people's money yeah I was gonna say I actually just got an email this morning when I was checking through my email here from uh, Ben Mulrooney and we've talked about that before kind of wondering mm. what is he involved with the CNIB for but it was Ben Mulrooney via CNIB and they were asking for money and I <laughs> I just delete those emails. <laughs> it's, it's, it's frustrating. Um, but yeah, so I'll be t- attending that Friday and Saturday. I won't be necessarily going to the entire thing because I do want to do my music show too. It's the one Pretty thing that really keep, makes me happy. Um, but, you know, these conferences are quite long. So even being able to catch a bunch of it on Friday and then all of it pretty much on Saturday is the plan. Yeah. So I'll be talking about that next. Well, maybe not next week because, Carrie, we have a... a couple of guests that we can maybe quickly tease before we wrap things up here today on Outlook. Yeah, we don't talk a lot about sports on Outlook, just because Brian and I are more creative and artsy than athletic, but um, there are a lot of blind people doing pretty cool stuff, and one of them is uh, this girl we've known for many years. She's got a goal to make it to the Paralympics as a snowboarder. Yeah, so we actually had her on this show. In studio. Yeah, just over two years ago now, back in the studio, so... Since then, she she made a big move out west. Traveled and um, yeah, so it'll be it's an interesting episode. It's nice to have a returning guest, and she's joined by someone else who you'll you'll find out next week. So stay tuned for next week's outlook here on Radio Western. And and then after that, we may be back yeah, in the studio maybe again. In, maybe in a couple of weeks, we'll be back here live in studio. And that'll be November. Yeah, so. Just one more reminder that you can always reach out if you're ever listening to the show and there's something you, we don't talk about that you, you're you interested in or if you ever want to be on the show or you know someone else who who has a disability or you know you work with people who have disabilities and you're interested in being on the show. And it doesn't even have to be blindness. It's any disability. You can always feel free to send us an email, outlook on radiowestern at gmail.com. And... We're always looking for more ratings on our podcast. I kind of don't love. Yeah, we're not very good at promoting ourselves. We don't like it's. It's just tough. I think everyone. I hear a lot of podcasts where they're like, "Please go rate and review." We know it's tedious. We don't like. I don't even review that many podcasts, so I totally get it. But Mm. it does help. Just get up in the in the in the ranks on on 
Apple and, and all these different services um, to, to rate it and give a little review or even just rating it. You know, that, that even helps. Sure. On its own. So just, we're just really looking to get this information out there and talked about more. So really appreciate it if uh, you could check out the podcast, subscribe. Communication, dialogue. Or just tell your friends. Oh, that's not the right version. I'm playing the, I'm playing the intro theme to to Exodus out here. Oh. Let's, let's switch that up here. Here we go. Okay. The fun of live radio, Carrie. Sure. It's been fun, and uh, another mixed bag. Yes. Monday mixed bag. We'll be back next week with a pre-record and a guest, and we'll be back in two weeks live in the studio, most likely. Have a good week, everybody. Yeah. Have a good one. <laughs>